is that all diets can't work because um, what you do temporarily has no benefit on your health. If you drop 20, 30 pounds from some diet, it's no benefit to your health unless you kept that weight off for the rest of your life. Do you believe that God wants you healthy? Then join me, Cersei Blue and Gigi Carter on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast, where we help you realize the relationship between your health and your purpose. We share how eating like Daniel can revolutionize your life. Through discussions and interviews, we challenge you to discover the powerful connection between plant-based nutrition, your body, and your faith. It's time. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Healthy For My Purpose. I'm so excited about this episode today. We are talking with the amazing Dr. Joel Furman. If you know anything about his work, um, Eat to Live is probably one of his most popular books. Um, But this episode, if you were ever in doubt about why you should eat plant-based not only for your health, but for your longevity, then this is your the episode for you. Because what we really get out of this episode is that eating well far precedes and exceeds just losing weight, just getting over your high blood pressure. But it actually factors in to every facet of of society. It also facets into being able to live longer with your mental clarity, um, your physical strength, and all of that. So this episode, I think, is very sobering because it will shake you out of complacency. And I know Gigi and I talk a lot about, and this is what this whole podcast is about, is about being healthy for your purpose. So if you were ever in doubt as to what that meant and how that related to food and how this related to living out your God-given gifts, then this episode is going to shake you out of complacency. It's going to put a mirror in front of you where you're going to have to answer for yourself some tough questions and some tough answers as to what you were willing to do um, to live a life that is healthy long term. And so without further ado, let me introduce you to Dr. Joel Furman. Diseases, it's just remarkable, like multiple sclerosis, people with recoveries from and psoriasis and rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and get rid of the kidney fail, you know, the kidney inflammation goes down to normal. It's just amazing therapeutically how we're able to transform and reverse disease. Um, so the, the basic foundational principle has to do with the most proven science or the only proven science to slow aging and maximize human longevity is moderate caloric restriction in the context of micronutrient excellence. That means we're trying to eat foods with a high micronutrient bang per caloric buck, get a lot of new natural foods with high nutrient levels in them. And we try to eat the full plant spectrum, we're utilizing the most anti-cancer, the most proven anti-cancer foods. And I use that acronym, G-BOMBS, G-B-O-M-B-S, which you know, of course, G-BOMBS, which stands for greens and beans and onions and mushrooms and berries and seeds, 
trying to remind people to eat their greens every day, especially cruciferous greens and lettuces and raw greens and, and to eat be, you know, cooked beans and, and mushrooms, cooked of course, cooked mushrooms and, and um, onions raw and cooked and scallions and garlic. And, and then of course, um, berries and seeds, to eat berries and fruits, but most, but a lot of berries have a lot of potential longevity effects. And seeds like flax seeds, chia seeds, sesame seeds to include hemp seeds, includes that, include that in your diet. Um, every day if possible. So that's just a little bit, a, a small basic principle. We're trying to eat like breakfast this morning. I had a, um, overnight oats that had flax seeds and chia seeds and hemp seeds and wild blueberries in there, and little goji berries in there. Um, and then for, you know, for lunch yesterday, we had a um, corn mushroom soup, I had some lentils and some um, zucchini in there. It was really creamy and delicious. And we had a a big salad with a sesame orange dress, sesame orange cashew dressing, peeled navel oranges with some lightly toasted sesame seeds and cashews and blood orange vinegar and lemon, made a great salad dressing. Um, and then, you know, so um, just trying to eat all the, the full rainbow of powerful foods each day. Yeah, um, that's amazing. So let's, I know you're at your retreat center now where you help a lot of people lose and maintain weight. Um, what, what do you think is the struggle? Why is it so difficult um, in our culture right now where we're so bombarded by a different diet pretty much every, every month, a new diet comes out, do this, do that. This is how you can maintain weight, lose weight. Why do you think it's such a struggle? And I know in your latest book, Eat for Life, you talk about the fact that this diet is, you, you know, scientifically the best way to lose and maintain weight. Talk to us a little bit about some of those struggles and, and, and how we could actually, you know, get to the point where we could just maintain and eat well. Right. Well, thank you for that question. And of course, you know, at our retreat here in San Diego, and, and also in my books and, and my, my career as a physician, I really specialize in helping people overcome obesity, overweightness, and food addiction. And the American diet, they're eating processed foods and fast foods and foods that have been scientifically designed to hook them and make them into food addicts. And you can't be overweight and not be a food addict. You know being overweight is not good for you. You know you're not feeling your best. You know you're, um, you know you're shortening your lifespan, but you can't stop and you can't help yourself. And you know, people know it's healthier to eat a salad and eat some cooked vegetables than it is to eat you know, hot dogs and, and pizza and donuts. They know that but they can't stop and they can't help themselves. Mm. So we, um, we show them that healthy food can taste great, but it takes some time to change your taste buds. And you really have to abstain from those foods that are hijacking your taste and hijacking your brain and to think you can't live without them. And, a, and, a, and there's nothing like enforced abstinence. You can't stop an alcoholic or a cocaine addict unless they go away from cocaine for a while. And then it stops calling your name. And you stop and you start, you stop thinking about that as much, you know, so a real addict can't, can't think they can't do it. And they think that they can't live without that. And they think that they just don't like eating this way. Like, I'll, I'd rather die right now. And I don't care if I live or die, but I'd rather be dead than have to eat that way. It doesn't taste good. You know what I mean? They, they don't realize they're going to like the taste of this better when they learn the recipes and their taste buds yeah. acclimate. Yeah. You get used to what you, you like, what you're used to eating and people after they're here for a month or two, they love eating this way and they can't believe and they get healthy, they get slim and they go home with the tools and the expertise to continue to apply it. And if they have more weight to lose, they can keep losing when they're home because this becomes the preferred way to eat. They enjoy it so much and they love the way they feel. 
Yes. Like almost every person here has some problem. I had a, a man who came in, he was a young man who was in the hospital with um, uncontrollable high blood pressure and kidney problems and, and diabetes. But he came here and within a few weeks, he's off the medication, his diabetes is gone, his high blood pressure is gone, his kidney problems turning around. It's just like a, the body just miraculously fixes itself when you do the right thing. But, yeah. but one thing that's really important to address besides the nature of food addiction, you know, because is this idea in society, everybody is overweight and, and eating poorly. So it makes it more socially difficult because you, you make, you don't have, you have self-esteem determination and feel good about yourself. And you, people are going to make you feel uncomfortable because you're eating differently than them. So yeah. you can, and you can't be healthy. There's no such thing as an overweight, healthy person. Fat cells spew out lipokines and cytokines. They make you prone to cytokine storm for COVID and death from COVID. It, it's shortening a lifespan. And fat cells create a cancer-promoting environment in the body. And you can't be healthy unless you're slim. And, you, and when you eat healthy, you desire less calories. And when you eat unhealthy, you become a calorie-consuming monster. And that's what my books and my writings talk about. It's yeah. that... Let me just say one little quick thing here is that all diets can't work because um, what you do temporarily has no benefit on your health. If you drop 20, 30 pounds from some diet, it's no benefit to your health unless you kept that weight off for the rest of your life. Right. It's no benefit to keeping some weight down temporarily. It's only good if you want to live a healthy, long life without heart attacks and cancers and strokes and dementia, you have to get down to 120 pounds, like if you're a five foot four, 5.5 woman, and you have to stay there for the rest of your life. If you're a male and you're five foot eight to, to six foot tall, you have to get down below, let's say 160. If my, I'm five nine, I'm 145 or so, but you got to get down to a good weight and you got to stay there the rest of your life. That means that to stay, you can't keep fluctuating your weight up and down and going on and off diets. That means the only way to lose weight and keep it off forever is to eat a diet that fights cancer, to eat a diet that fights dementia, to eat a diet that fights heart attacks and stay with it forever. And don't eat a diet that fights strokes. In other words, eat for health and then and eat for life and stay with that way of eating. When you gain the, glean the benefits and want to keep the benefits, stay with it forever. It's not about just your weight. If it's just your weight, you can, eat, you can live on ringdings or, you know, yeah. <laughs> you could be on the hot dog diet, the cookie yeah. diet. Yeah. But, you, know, you may lose some weight just eating one food and not eating calories, but it's not going to make you live long and you're not going to stay on that anyway. So we have to teach people how they can eat for health right now and any changes they make are permanent changes that they've made forever. So learning these recipes that you love and retraining your taste buds and me showing how to make a, you know, a vanilla ice cream from frozen banana with some macadamia nut and real vanilla bean powder is that that's going to be their ice cream that they're going to have on the weekend for forever. It's not get off the real ice, the, the junk food ice cream. So it's teaching people how to live healthfully long term. And that's the only way you can diet successfully because weight fluctuation is unhealthy in itself. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you said that because, um, you know, you always have to say to yourself, any diet you choose, you have to be able to do it forever. But right. I think there's this idea that, you know, you could kind of do it in little pieces. And I think I, had, I learned that from your work is that you have to just dive 100% in that idea of moderation of taking a little bit, it, it leads you back out, you know, and so that's really powerful. Um, 
Well, that's, the, important. that's important what you just said, because I want to make sure people know what, the, what you just said is so important mm-hmm. because we didn't, that when people try to do baby steps and, and improve their diet by 80%, they're still having the cigarettes that are making them crave cigarettes. They're still having the sweets that are making them crave sweets. They're still having the oil and grease that are making them crave that. And they're always in a war now between yeah. what they want to eat and what they should eat. And they're keeping themselves under con- chronic stress and they're not even getting the benefits. Their blood pressure is not going away. They're still diabetic. They still don't think clearly. They don't have their, their, their full creativity didn't come back. Their brain function is still off a little bit. In other words, they, it doesn't work. Doesn't but when work. they jump in 100%, a yeah. miraculous transformation occurs. Yeah. They think clearly, they feel great. Their bowel movements work good. They lost their weight dramatically. It's like, you, you do it 100% and you get a thousand times the benefits from doing it 90%. And then when you dabble and you keep going on and off it, it sucks you right back into that way of living. And so many people have failed. They fail because they think they can do it 80%. They haven't spent the time of enough abstinence to get those food triggers. So they're no longer craving that. You know, when you're a smoker, in the first six months you come off cigarettes, you're still a little bit emotionally addicted and a little more smoking on the weekend, a little drinking, you know, the alcoholic, a little drinking on the weekend for the alcoholic, it makes it harder to do it. Keep them off the alcohol for a few years and it's much, you know, so it's the same thing with food. We have, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to bear, but I've been doing this for three decades or more. And the people that really succeed the best make the full jump in with both feet as you just alluded to. Wow, yeah, moderation is a myth. Um, you, you talk a little bit about some other areas that really, it's amazing that it even affects, like you talk about our mental health, you talk about um, in fast food genocide, you talk about mental health and, and crime and just how far reaching what we actually eat does for our life. Like it's even beyond our health, but it's our mental health. It's our prediction if we're going to, you know, participate in crime and, and all those studies that you bring up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's pretty eye-opening as another reason to eat for life. It, it is. It's really, uh, I wish people, I'm, I'm so excited that you've read multiple. Many I've read books. all of your books, books Dr. Furman, all of your <laughs> that's, books. That's so terrific. This one is probably your best only because it kind of brings all your life work together and you kind of go to one-stop shop and you get it all. You could read this book and you're ready. So I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that you read Fast for Genocide, that's a book that it's not one of my best selling books, but because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's not about weight loss, but it's such an interesting book. And so I'm it so is. excited about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, now in, in America today, we have one in five people are mentally ill. It used to be, you know, 50 years ago, it was one in 100 people. You know, we know the fast food industry and the processed food industry has made autoimmune diseases and cancers climb as well. And we know there's a strong, like the, we were talking about studies a minute ago, where the, a strong link between processed food and fast food and, and let's say major depression, even two servings a week mm. of fast food or commercial baked goods are linked to a 51% chance of developing major depression. And it goes up from there in a dose-dependent manner. The more fast food you eat and the more processed foods you eat, the higher the lifetime risk of developing mental disorders and depression. And but and keeping in mind that with all our population eating these foods, we've got a whole population of dysthymic people. By dysthymia, I mean that they're not excited about life, they're not passionate, they're not loving, they're not giving, they're not enjoying their life. They be, the more you become driven by your addictions, the more narcissistic you become. The more you're revolved around your own personal needs, the more you know a cocaine addict or the more a real 
um, the more you're addicted, you can steal, you can cheat, you can lie, you can do anything just to get, continue your imbibing with your addictive, addictive substances of choice. Mm. And food addiction is the most, is the most popular addiction. And the, the link between crime is, is strong too, because it, you know, makes you more, you know, your, your, your worldview changes when you're just feeding your dopamine receptors in your brain that are drive that control the way you think. Right. And, and, and also, there's a strong link between childhood consumption of candy and later life criminal, um, hist- you know, criminal or violent or, or drug abuse. It's, all, it's very much linked to the higher consumption of junk food and candy consumption as a child is linked very closely. One study from um, England showed a, about a 60% chance of developing, of being arrested for criminal behavior or criminal um, violence or aggression if you were in the highest quintile of candy consumption as a child, the top fifth of all candy consumers of parents who feed their children. And that's sort of stronger correlation between candy consumption and junk food consumption in childhood compared to social isolation, parental abuse, living yeah. in an orphanage, wow. um, or you know, poverty. The strongest relationship was what people were eating as they were children and later life, because it, 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 it turns people into, uh, into an addictive thinking and driving your addictions. And your addictions could be you know, power and, you know, and whatever your addictions are, mm-hmm. control over other people, will really become less caring, less giving, and less, you know, our real happiness um, has to come from it within, from feeling yeah. that we're doing goodwill for others and how much we care and emote for other people. Yeah. It's our feelings from inside. Not how much better we're them, not beating them out, not cheating them, being yeah. bigger than them, making more money than them, being more important than them. Those things don't make for long-lasting good health or good yeah. emotional health. Those yeah. things lead to a, a mental illness. Yeah. You know, it's like we have, you know, it's, I hate to say it, but it's, you know, this country has gone in such a bad direction and but of course um we're talking about that food has a lot to do with this it's now we got to bring food back into the equation mm-hmm. if we if we really straight feel strongly about equality and justice and and, and, and opportunity for all then there's got to be food opportunity yeah. be able to because you a child can't meet its potential in life unless it gets to eat healthy food when they're young you know, we're yeah. taking away people's opportunity. So access to healthy food, and we're talking yeah. about fruits and vegetables and beans and nuts and having, you know, getting, you know, so this is critically important and dear to my heart in which we talked yeah. about in fast food genocide, how we're destroying yeah. the younger generation for the future of, you know, with, with feeding them processed and fast foods. Yeah, it's amazing. Cause that book really goes into a lot, even in just poverty in certain communities that don't have access. And it's a great read for anyone who wants to really um, move outside of the plate and just see the impact. So I would recommend that book. Um, but you say something, and, and I think this is what really clicked for me, is we're doing all of this. So eventually, if we do get to 75, 80, 90, which you'd say there's so much advancement in nutritional science that allows us to not only live to 100 or 90 something, but have that quality of life. Like you say, have fun to be able to do the things that our hearts desire, be with our grandkids, be active, um, have our mental clarity, all of those things. And I think this is why we're doing it. If we really tap into that, um, you know, whether it's a burger or some kale, we get to put it in perspective. And so could you talk about this idea of how we can age slower and, 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 and what nutritional science advancements are saying, how we can actually push the envelope that we've never been able to do in terms of living longer? 
That's yes, that's exactly. I'm so glad you've got you've um, got all this information. That's so terrific because that's all right. You know, people have they've given up. They've mm-hmm. checked out. They yeah. think they've tried to diet. They've tried to lose weight. They can't do it. They think mm-hmm. they've they've given in to this idea that your life ends at sixty and you become yeah. a couch potato and you just watch TV or something. And they're they're overweight and they can't live and they can't you know surf and ski and play tennis and play basketball and play volleyball and they can't hike in the woods and hike in the mountains and go you know they 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 no longer excited they can't live their life and do what they want to do with their life and they lose their ment they don't just lose their physical bodies they lose their mental body at the same time and they're not no longer passionate about living and a lot of people in America are just working to make money so they can go and drink alcohol and eat. Um, and eat highly flavored, you know, um, overly salted and fried foods. On, you know, they're just, they live for their um, stimulating the brain and stimulating their, their um, addictions. They live for drug use and they use food as drug. But what I'm saying right now is that, and, and we're both obviously saying that these, we can make healthy foods taste great. And we've tracked people with, on medical studies showing that over time, they like eating this healthy diet as much for taste and pleasure as they did as their old diet, as they thought they, they liked, they could never like it. They thought that was the only way they could like eating was their old diet. And they're eating that diet because they like it the best. And they think, why shouldn't they eat a diet they like the best? Who cares about the health outcomes? And that's just a myth. Your body likes what gets used to eating. And, don't, and I, when a person comes to see me who has a medical condition, and I say, don't eat what you like to eat, what you feel like eating, what you think you should eat, what you learned you should eat, what you, what you brought up to eat, don't, because that's what got you in this problem to begin with. If you want to get rid of your asthma and get rid of your diabetes and your, your fibromyalgia and your lupus or whatever, your psoriasis, I'm going to tell you, I want to control what you put in your mouth. Don't decide and evaluate whether you like it or not or whether you think you should do it. Just do it and test it for a month and you'll see the magic that'll happen. Yeah. And then I'll guarantee you, and if you really want to get the weight off and become non-diabetic and drop the 20 pounds this month and get all well, just eat what I tell you and follow the, 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 the dietary portfolio I'm going to give you. And then I will guarantee you in a few months, you will love eating this way. You'll have learned the recipes. Your taste buds have got, changed and gotten stronger. Your food preferences will modify. And you will like eating this way as much as your old diet. You know, in the study we published in 2011 in the medical journal, Nutrition Journal, it followed more than 750 people for, for, to, for over months. And it found that, believe it or not, that it took six months for people to start to change their hunger and their taste preferences to like this diet better than their old diet. But and I thought from those years of practice, it took three or four months, but it actually took most people five to six months. So it takes a little longer than you think. It even takes longer than I thought for people to prefer eating this way. But it still happens. It just takes a long time. You just got to put in the work. You know, I guess Roger Federer didn't become a world, he didn't develop that swing and didn't become the best tennis player in the world by doing it for like three or four months. And, you know, and the, you know, Tiger Woods didn't develop. What I'm saying is, is that nobody gets really great at something and really from just a few months. So you've got to put in the time. You've got to be dedicated. But the payback is enormous because you, this is the, it's the most fun way to eat. And you actually develop gratitude and appreciation for what you're eating. You appreciate the taste of the recipe and the flavors. 
but you appreciate the food itself, the miraculous healing powers in the food, the magic that's in that food, the isothiocyanides, the bioflavonoids, though you're learning what's in the food and what it does to you, the insides of your body and how mushrooms have ergothenine that, are, that have a receptor for that in our cell, which protects our DNA. And you start to understand the beauty and the magic in natural foods. And you also realize they taste great. And then you get appreciation for the people who farmed the food, the, the people who made the seeds or picked it and yeah. planted it or worked in the, you start to feel connected with nature and you feel yeah. like going out there and growing your own vegetables in the garden. And you, you know what I'm saying? It, um, it gives you more connectivity with the earth, with the people who are helping yeah. you do this. And there is, a, there is some link to, sh to show that also doing some gardening and mm. growing food in the soil is better, is good for your health too. And his, wow. his effects on, you know, and what you were saying, the idea that we can fully enjoy our life. We're not just living 20 years longer. Our health expectancy is getting 40. Or we're feeling better and it's keeping our youth into our later years. So we take that bell-shaped curve of death, which goes from 60, let's say, to, you know, maybe focusing on 80 and goes from 60 to 100 on both sides, but it's scattered so wide, you yeah. never know where a person falls, genetics and what everything else, in, 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 or luck and everything else that happens to people. And then there's, but even people that are living longer, or they're not living well, they're suffering for so many decades in, in poor health. With a nutritarian diet, we can narrow that bell, that genetic width. So now we shift the bell 20 years down but we narrow it so we don't have people dying young. We have them all narrowed in that 10-year period. Let's yeah. say between 95 and 105. Almost everybody's living, you know, genetics don't play much of a role because nutritional excellence suppresses the genetic alterations that could lead to cancer even. And then you, you have people living longer but fully enjoying those decades, fully really living their life to the fullest as they live longer. So now it's worthwhile to live longer. Yes. Wow. Um, you know, that's amazing because I did, what I've heard you say in a nutshell, and I'm just going to have you recap before we close, but the nutritarian diet, not only does it help you lose and maintain weight, you're talking, I've heard you talk about prevention of cancer, reversal or prevention of chronic disease. You talk about high blood pressure, diabetes, and you're talking about age, aging slower. So this is like a one-stop shop, one diet. We don't have to really tweak it that much to get all of these benefits. And so the question I have for you, if for someone who's listening to this and they're like, well, you know, I have a, a chronic disease, I am overweight, um, where do they start? Where, where should they start? Well, thanks for that. And they, they should start obviously by reading. You know, I, when I wrote that book, Eat, my, my, most, my best-selling book, Eat to Live in 2004, I wrote that book, I wrote in the first chapter, um, don't go to the recipe section and, and make a decision whether you want to do this diet or, or not right now. Mm. You know, get a highlighter and highlight and learn the book. Only if you're well-versed in the science and you're fully convinced is this going to work and stick with you. Mm -hmm. Just jumping into it right now. You know, I sure I want people to change their lunch is the first step. Lunch mm -hmm. is the most important meal of the day. And I want their lunch to be a giant chopped salad you know, with cherry, with tomatoes and onion and healthy dressing. And I want them to make a vegetable bean soup on the weekend. We'd put mushrooms and onions and green vegetables there, kale, collards, bok choy, cabbage, put something with beans in there. And I wanted to make, put carrot juice and, you know, make it a really healthy soup and, and, and put it in the refrigerator and make enough for the whole week and have the salad and the soup for lunch with a piece of fruit or two for dessert. And that should be your big main meal of the day. Your lunch is your main meal. I'm sure that's the first step, but the real first step is 
number one, as you said, don't be satisfied with being sick. Mm. Get well and get off the drugs. The drugs cause cancer. Forget this medical nonsense that you've made to believe that you think that drugs are going to solve your problems and taking drugs for your cholesterol and your blood pressure and your diabetes because your numbers look a little better means you're well. You're not well. They're making mm-hmm. you sicker and the drugs increase risk of cancer. The only way to do that you have to do this through lifestyle medicine, not through pharmaceutical medicine, number one. And, number, and, the, and of course, the second, the other, the other point you're making that we're, we're talking about here is not only that life, life becomes fun, and you know, excited and we're in control of our life, but that the same diet style that makes you live longer, don't underestimate its therapeutic effectiveness to, to reverse disease. Mm. And that, that the idea that you go to doctor, first thing you do, we go to doctor and they tell you have to be on drugs like, you know, like Remicade for psoriatic arthritis or also for the rest of your life to take these drugs that they know cause cancer, when nobody been told you or go to a kidney transplant and have a be on immunosuppressive drugs the rest of your life with a phone with a, somebody else's kidney because you had lupus instead of telling you to, to change your way you eat and learn this information first. So the first step is to learn and read and, and change your mindset. And then you become a role model and you have superpowers. You have the superpowers because you reversed your health, you're back in great, you're in control of your health destiny, you're happy, you're feeling great, you're not medically dependent and your life now can radiate out to help other people and you can be a role model. Those are the superpowers we need in America today. We need people to be healthy and be role models and slim and fit and then to reach out and help others yeah. and, to, and to take care of it. And that's what gives you a lot of self-worth. Yeah. You know, you know, instead of trying to impress other people, try to you know, be able to feel for them and, and be, a, be a role model of great health. Yeah, and that's so empowering, Dr. Furman, because it it puts our health in our own hands. I think a lot of times we put so much reliance on doctors and which is great if you're sick and you need to go, but there's a whole lot of life before you even get sick that it just gives you so much control. And, um, and I, and this is why your work is so amazing. And we all have to chip in to just get the message out there. I mean, like you said, kids should be taught this in schools. We should, this should be something that is our right to know, like we know other foundational, um, you know, entities, but you know, it, we've, we've got to start somewhere. That's right. I always say reading, writing, arithmetic, and nutritional science. Yeah. You, it can't, you can't go to a doctor and expect him to teach you about nutrition. You've got to learn it yourself or get it. We should be, it should be the first thing we're learning in all our school systems. And of course, that's my mission. And I'm so um, happy and thrilled that you're on this path with me and I'm helping people learn about this information. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So, so as we close, I, I think the, the first part of the, the video got a little cut off. If you could just recap, what is a nutritarian diet? What does it look like? Give us the G-bombs that people should be eating every single day um, to enhance their life and any closing words that you want just to motivate people to take charge of their health. This is the best gift that God has ever given us. And I think we need to be stewards of it. And so if you could just close out with recapping nutritarian G-bombs and then give us some final words as to um, taking charge of our health. Thank you. Well, a nutritarian diet is designed first and foremost to be the most, ex- the, the most effective diet to prolong human lifespan and to age slower. And of course, in doing so, it's also therapeutically effective to reverse diseases people have. 
that means they can get rid of their high blood pressure medications and get their blood pressure back to normal again. It means they can lower their cholesterol and reverse heart disease if they've been chest pain and not have to have angioplasty and bypass surgery and not have heart attacks, make the body a completely heart attack proof. And I'm saying that this is an unprecedented opportunity in human history to win the war on cancer right now. We could stop living with fear of breast cancer and colon cancer and prostate cancer because these are dietary induced diseases and we know the cause. And like you were saying earlier that nutritional science has made these advances in the last decades. And people, if we could bring this out to people and again, they could learn this, they are in control of their health and they remove the fear that's cutting short their life. Yes. And the nutritarian diet is based on the simple principle that moderate caloric restriction in the context of micronutrient excellence is the only proven methodology to slow aging, extend human lifespan. And when we flood our body with a lot of high micronutrient containing foods, it naturally suppresses our appetite. So the moderate caloric restriction and being slim happens naturally as a side effect. You don't have to willy nilly go out and go hungry and, and be uncomfortable. We get connected with instinctual hunger and we eat, we feel like eating, but what we feel like eating becomes the right amount of food for our body. There's no overweight, you know, deer and overweight, you know, squirrels and, and chipmunks in the, in the woods or in the jungle. You know, they all have their perfect weight. Like we were all have our perfect weight and we put the right foods into our body because we like, we, we take in just the right amount of food. It's the perverted foods, that's the American diet, that's the deadly American diet, that, and the addictive foods people are eating that drive them to overconsume calories. And they think they have no control and they can't stop and they, and they and know it's the, and they give up and they've checked out and they've thrown it, you know, and they think it's impossible to do it because the, the, these, ma these foods are manufactured and designed to be addicting and to hook them, hook people, and they do, you know. So a nutritarian diet is focused on the foods with the most proven ability in the scientific studies to prevent cancer. And I have that acronym G-BOMBS, G-B-O-M-B-S. Greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. And of course, you know, each one of these foods, we can throw a dart at any food like mushrooms and say, well, look, women who eat 10 grams of mushrooms a day, the size of your thumb, have a 64% lower risk of breast cancer. And that's just one food, that's just mushrooms. You, we right. use the full, the full synergistic portfolio of anti-cancer foods and make them taste great. So we can really have an impact of people not having to fear cancer. But it's the same diet style protects you against dementia and strokes and heart attacks as cancer. So it's not one diet for this and one diet for that. It's this is the pinnacle of nutritional excellence that gives people the ability to control their health destiny. Wow, that is a wonderful way to end. And guys, I just want to say, get this book, Eat for Life. It is an awesome book. All of his books are great, but this one, if you want to just have a, a real good point of, of getting the knowledge just from every aspect, this is the book to get. Thank you so much, Dr. Furman. It was a pleasure talking to you. And again, thank you for all the work that you're doing to change our health and change our lives on the planet as well. Thank you so much. Best of health to all of you and, yes. and take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye, Dr. Furman. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast. We hope you enjoyed the community and are walking away empowered and encouraged to live your healthiest life for your God-ordained purpose. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to enjoy fellowship with like-minded women.
please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this on iTunes. Until we meet again, keep honoring your body for your purpose.